0: All right. So, welcome to day eleven of prayering. First of all, how many of us have been blessed um, this week, last week? Um, just wave your hands, or just put up an emoji or something. Um, it's been such. Personally, it's been such an amazing time. It's been such a transformational time for me. And it seems like one of those seasons where, you know, God is just reminding me of all of the, it's like he's taking me back to ancient landmarks, you know, and he's reminding me of the things that really matter, how to reprioritize, how to re-strategize, how to just set things in order by the help of the Holy Spirit. And it has been such a fantastic time, you know, and I couldn't be more thankful. There have been so many personal testimonies that I have, and it's just put me in a place where you know I can actually sit back and just look and you know recount the things that the lord has been doing even looking at my prayer journals and seeing some prayers that i don't have to pray anymore you know because god in his faithfulness has answered so many of them you know so um, it's just been such an amazing time and i'm thankful I'm thankful to God for his mercy and I thank him for the privilege to even come before us um, this morning again and to bring the word of God. I thank him for the burden of the word that he places um, upon me every time I come here, you know, and I always just trust him and I just minister his word by faith and I know that, you know, the spirit just takes control um, and does what um, the will of the father. So good morning once again um, you can't wait to see the end of the year I saw someone writing something okay I couldn't read everything but yeah I'm, I'm really you know really stoked about everything that the Lord has in store so um, yesterday interestingly this week you know God has been taking us on a journey you know and it's like first we started um, last week and we we're looking at power you know and we're just like oh you know like all the great and grandiose things about you know this power that we didn't even know about the different types of it you know and just finding out that we already have this power within us and realizing that it is faith that we need to activate this power and also add into our faith if you missed the other days of praying you can catch them on our YouTube channel um just go back to the teachings and the recordings and all of that YouTube Spotify Anchor all the materials are there all the sessions are there rather um, and then this week um, the lord is now talking to us more about you know about um, the things uh, yesterday he was talking about the seed and how to overcome um how to bind the strong man um how to overcome um the um the spe- the, the giant spirit which is nephilim's you know and it's interesting that there are certain things that we didn't even realize where i'm sure for some of us that did, you know, sat back with the teachings from yesterday and I just asked the Holy Spirit to show us certain things. I'm sure he started to point out some areas in our lives or some areas that, you know, um, concern our lives that um, we the spirit of um Nephilim has been, you know, just having a field day and just looking at the seed and how the enemy is always coming for the seed, you know, and how his all oh, his plan is to attack and to um take out the seed completely so that there's no trace of you know there's no trace of uh, any footprints or any evidence that um you know the children of God ever you know existed, and the reason why he's doing that is because when um, you know the word was released in the book of Genesis that it is the seed that would torment him and would take away his dominion from him. So he's constantly at war with the seed or the carrier of the seed. So we see how um, spiritually and even um, in our world today, women are always attacked, or the carriers of the destinies are always attacked. You know, and when we talk of woman, we know that we're not. Just talking about a female we're talking about the office of woman so even men are attacked as well because they are the ones that also you know the man and the woman they come they have their roles to play in bringing forth the seed so the enemy is always against you know your ability to bring forth your ability to multiply interestingly in that scripture we looked at in genesis yesterday that introduced the nephilim so it was talking about how man began to multiply and spread and you know men were multiplying upon the earth so the enemy sees that that when you are in your place of purpose that's you, rather you, yes the enemy says when you're in the place of purpose um he, he wants to attack you and you know you know that thing that they say that when you um when you are most victorious that is when you should be most prayerful because that that's a time where it's easy for people to keep to have their guards down you know they are not checking they just be like, okay, God has answered all my prayers. It's all good, you know, and all of that. And um, that's when you must be, you know, you even need to raise your hedges more because it's when you're operating in purpose according to the will of God, that's when the enemy will still try to strike again and in places and areas that you least expect. So um, I just said that to recap what the journey has been. God has um, spoken to us about the faith to overcome strategies for power and transformation, binding the strong man. Um, And, you know, today. um, I pray that as he brings his word, he would give us understanding as well this morning we're going to be looking at how to bind the strong man within or overcoming the giants within because it's easy for us to look at the giants on the outside and feel like yes I'm going to take this I'm going to take the nations I'm going to take all of that but you know I believe that the lord wants to give us perspective as to some of the things that we also need to deal with personally Um, And so Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that indeed you will give us eyes to see, ears to hear and hearts that will understand. Lord, as your word is released, let every person begin to identify by the help of the Holy Spirit, areas of concern, areas, Lord, that you are highlighting, areas that need to be improved upon, areas of uh, and habits that need to be changed, oh God. And Father, when you show it to us, let us not stay in the place of condemnation, of feeling sorry for ourselves. But Lord, let us realize that every time you give us revelation, you also release the grace. Every time you give us counsel, you also release the might. As you give us counsel this morning and you give us revelation, Lord God, we also receive grace grace and we receive might, Lord, to do your will in the mighty name of jesus lord we know you are set to um, um, redirect our causes this morning lord we receive your help and we choose to partner with you lord so that your will will be done in our lives in jesus name amen so quickly i just made a few notes um from you know the previous days the daughters of men are the carriers of the sacred future the attack is on your seed because within your seed is ingrained the nature of multiplication and fruitfulness the giants we do not overcome come in our day who occupy the land and come for our children. The enemy will come for your identity and manipulate your vision, your sight and perspective. And once he can get you to see and miss, then he has automated, then you are automated to birth and miss. So once you are not seeing, well, in fact, that's his own. He just strategizes. He just sets the plan in motion. You know, it's like a machine that is, or maybe like a robot or maybe an app that is set to always tell the time at a particular period of the day so if you set it for six o'clock you can go to bed and know that every six o'clock your alarm is going to go off that's the same way when the enemy gets you to be skewed in sight and in perspective he knows that there's no decision that you will make from that um point of view that will ever be accurate or according to the will of god so the enemy is always coming for your sight we must guard our gates and we must be careful of the counsel we permit, because if godly counsel releases might, so also ungodly counsel will produce ungodly abilities. Um, even speaking about the automation, the automation to birth and miss is because. Um, also we be we become what we behold you know and that is why the word of god tells us to stay in in the word of god the more we look to jesus the more we become like him so we must look and you know it's like a principle of life you look and you live you behold and you become the more you, you 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 stay in a place where you are seeing something over and over again it registers it goes from just being a picture to becoming a thought when it becomes from being a thought then it becomes an idea from an idea the next thing you know it becomes a habit and from a habit it becomes a life and that's why we must be extra careful about guarding our gates and when i talk about gates i'm talking about our senses as Spiritual senses, just the way we can identify it in the physical is the same way we can identify it in the spirit. So you're seeing it, you're hearing it, you're tasting, you're feeling. Um, I know there's one more sense, please. Someone remind me. Um, (laughs) so there are five senses, just the way we have them in the physical, the same way we have it in the spirit. You see, you smell exactly. You're seeing, you're smelling, you know. And when you talk about smelling, remember when PI was teaching us the other day about discernment, she said, um is likened to the nose of a perfumer, I believe, and the person is able to tell the different smells. You know, that's what discernment is like when you can enter a place and you say, hmm, this place smells like lavender, or, hmm, Stephanie was here, you know, or, ah, it seems like someone just, you know, you can tell, is you can distinguish between different scents. So your smelling speaks about discernment. You know, your tasting is what we're going to look at today, actually. Um, Um, with regards to um, binding the strong man within or overcoming the giants within. So I want us to start by, um, sorry, please mute your microphone. Thank you. So I want us to go into, we're going to look at some examples in scripture and we're going to pray. So um, Proverbs 23. Let's open our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 23. From verse one, the Bible says, when thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. Put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetites. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. Will thou set thy eyes upon that which is not, for riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven, eat thou not the bread of him that has an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to me, but his heart is not with thee. The morsel which thou hast eaten shall thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words. Speak not in the ears of before for he will despise the wisdom of thy words remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless for their Redeemer is mighty he shall plead his cause with thee apply thy heart unto instruction and thy ears to the words of knowledge. I'm going to stop here where I'm focusing on this morning is when you sit to eat with a ruler consider diligently what is before thee and we are taking this from where we stopped yesterday when we were talking about Mephibosheth and when he moved from Lodiba to the king's table um, that scripture is in second Samuel chapter nine verse one David asked, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show c- kindness for Jonathan's sake?" Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David and the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. So he was already identified by his weakness, by his obvious disabilities. And we talked about how um, this was, you know most likely a product of the bruising of of the heel of Saul's seed Um, and so we see that his grandson is lame literally Um, so Ziba answered he's in the house of um, the king said where is he he's in the house of Makir, son of Amiel in Lodiba I'm saying this so that we can see what the journey was like for Mephibosheth how he went from Lodiba to the king's table Um, So King David had him brought from Lodiba from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. So we see here how God elevated him in his life and answered prayer. Finally, you know, um, after all the struggles and everything he was going through, he um, The king sent for him one day, mercy met him, you know, and opened the door of favor to him to sit before the king. And um, Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? The name um, Mephibosheth actually means, uh, it translates to mean the mouth of shame. Um, So he said, what do you have to do with a dead dog like me? The Bible does not, verse nine, we see that the king went ahead and continued what he was doing. So he didn't even address him on that level of him calling himself a dead dog. Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward and said to him, I have given your master's grandson and everything that belonged to Saul and his family. I want us to just move quickly to 12. That's verse nine, but verse 12, Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth and Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem um, because he always ate at the king's table he was both he was lame in both feet so we see how son was elevated and taken to the place where from having no feet to always sit at the king's table in fact the king said everybody else you know make sure he told Ziba he gave instructions to make sure that they are fed and taken care of what he said for for Mephi Bullshit, he's going to eat bread at my table always. He's going to eat bread at my table always. And that that was very interesting for me because if you even bring it into the context of our world today, imagine if something like that happened for you. It's like how we say, hey, let God answer my prayers, something, something, something. You know how we always say, hey, God, when? You know all these funny things that we- we say when we're trusting God for something and it's like one day you actually receive a phone call from who is the most powerful person in the world well whoever you think is the most powerful person in the world you receive a call from that person and they say hey I'm calling for you I need you to come to my you know and like they send for you literally make sure you are you you know you basically take care of everything your flights your traveling and all of that the question is is not God when, the question is, how are you going to conduct yourself when you sit at the King's table, you know? So are you someone that has given yourself to training before that time, or are you just going to allow yourself to arrive there unprepared? And in this period, God has been talking to us about seasoned and skilled men in the spirits, people that have allowed the Holy Spirit and allowed God to train them and to school them and to equip them, you know? Um, so so that in the day of your arrival, you are ready you're standing before the king and you're representing the kingdom from where you come. So Proverbs 23 now says, when you sit to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what's set before thee." So there's a table that is set before you when you sit before a king. Um, and the Bible says, and put a knife to your throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Everybody is given to an appetite. Everybody. There is something that's as we say, has our mumu button. There's that one thing that, you know, for some people it's food, for some people it's TV, for some people it's spending money, for some people it's sleep, for some people, like it's different things for so many people. And for some people it's all kinds of crazy things that you wouldn't even believe if you heard. You know, everybody has that one thing that basically they give themselves to, you know, and the Bible is saying when you sit to eat with a ruler, consider what is before thee. So what is before you? What does a table represent? A table is a place where you feast. It is a place where you interact. It is a place where decisions are made. So for every table that is set before you, it presents and it opens up an opportunity for you to eat and also opens up an opportunity for you to make decisions. So you see that eating and feasting and being at ease is not exclusive from making decisions. The question now is if both of them are related, what are you feeding yourself with? How are you nourishing yourself? How are you nourishing yourself? Because what you eat is directly proportional with the decisions that you make. So if you are not eating right, you cannot think right. If we're talking about eating and feeding yourself, we're also talking about sites because initially, when we started, uh, when I started teaching, I talked about how if the enemy gets you to see and miss, you cannot make any accurate decisions. So the Lord says that when you sit before a king, put a knife to your throat. If you translate that word knife and uh, "and throat, you see that knife, the, the Bible talks about um, the sword of the spirit. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And your throat is like the gateway to your appetite. Your throat is the gateway that leads to the feeding of your body or the feeding of your life or the feeding of your soul. So the Lord is saying constantly put the knife of the word to your soul. And the Lord, remember this morning, we are talking about overcoming the giants within. A lot of us want to go out there and take whatever things and Express our power and our dominion, but we haven't even overcome the enemy that is within. We haven't overcome our flesh. We haven't overcome the the things that are trying us on the inside. We haven't overcome the weaknesses inside of us. And we've told ourselves, "Please, nobody is perfect." Please, I beg. Um, everybody has their own. Everybody has their own. Yes, but it can be contained. And how do you contain it? That is why we pray and that is why we fast. Because what fasting does is, it strips the flesh of every kind of carnal nutrients and it submits and surrenders it to the government of the spirit of God. And that's why you undergo certain spiritual exercises. People will say, oh, please, God has already answered our prayers. All this fasting and praying is unnecessary, so and so and so. If you remember when we went down in this scripture, it talked about not forgetting the ancient landmarks. What are the ancient landmarks? They are the foundations of our faith. are the things that the fathers have been practicing that yielded results that we cannot run away from? They are the things that people start arguing about when it comes to doctrine, and they'll say, eh, But we are now in the New Testament, all kinds of pentirascalism doctrine that is going on. They'll tell you, Oh, there is grace, grace abounds, so I can do whatever I want, all of these crazy things that are contrary to the word of God, that are contrary to the will of God, and are contrary to the government of God. So the Lord is saying that for us to be powerful men and women, first we must overcome the giants that are inside us before we can overcome any other giants outside. Because the truth is when the enemy can identify himself in you, he will wait for the day of your arrival, the day that you are sitting before the king, the day that the Lord wants to showcase to the world. And that's when he will come and try to attack you. So, um, um, we've talked about, we've talked about, um, how the enemy will try to come and attack you with your weaknesses. I want us to pray this morning before we go any further. I know I've said quite a few things and I know that there are certain things that maybe the Holy Spirit is highlighting in your heart now. Many times people say, oh, but how am I able to deal with these things? The reason why people are running away from whatever weaknesses they have or they are trying to cover it up with all kinds of things is because they do not believe that there is a power to overcome. Remember, in one of the scriptures we read yesterday, we are reminded that he has given us authority to trample on serpents and scorpions so the serpents and scorpions he's talking about is not just the external ones the ones that are just like in the rod of Moses that resemble or mirror the one on the crown of Pharaoh. I want you to pray for yourself this morning and say, Father help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to even identify the giants that are still alive and breathing and living and are are, are, the, the strong men that are at work in my life, Lord. Father, open my eyes and help me to identify them in the name of Jesus. The things that are lurking around and are waiting for the day that I am called upon by the kings of this world, or I am called upon by the king of kings waiting to attack me from the inside. Father, in the name of Jesus, open my eyes and cause me to see it, Lord. Father, if there's any conversation that you have been trying to have with me lord about containing and about restraining the flesh that i have been running away from my lord and my god this morning i repent of it lord i ask lord jesus that you will give me the humility that is required to come before you and to even express these weaknesses before you my god in the name of jesus because father you do not reveal lord to shame but you reveal to redeem my god i pray lord that i will not miss out on the redemption that you are. Listen for me in this time in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak against the spirit of shame. I hope you're praying. I speak against the spirit of shame and the voice of the of the of of the one that comes to condemn me, Lord. Father, because your voice never condemns, Lord, your voice is a voice of love and perfect love casts out all fear. It casts out all shame. My Lord and my God, I pray that on this journey, Lord, where you are causing me to take down the strong men within, where you are causing me to identify the strong men within, oh God, I will not respond in fear. I will not respond in shame. I will respond by faith. I will respond in humility. I will respond in trust and vulnerability, Lord. And you will cause me, Lord, to truly surrender all things to your, at your feet in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we even just commit our lives. We commit our frailties into your hands, oh sweet spirit of God. Help us this morning. Help us in this season. Let nothing escape your government. Let nothing escape your sight. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let nothing escape your hand, Holy Spirit. Call all things back to be surrendered to the government of Christ Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus. Nevrendo suna crendo suna makeribusan de prenede de mazante, ne Suna brada basante, kerevo suna makaya, irada de crendo sutaye de frado, suna bakia da basan de crendo sutaya, e caterebo suntake bazan de prenendebosuna makaya, e catarebo suna da baba. Lord, I do not want to run away anymore. Tell the Lord that you do not want to run. You do not want to keep running. Father, I want to run to you, Lord. I want to run to you. All the end energy and all the strength I have generated Lord and used to run in an opposite direction spirit of the living God show me how to reorder and to retrace my steps back to the presence of God because in you is my salvation oh God father help me Lord to come back to run back to you with these weaknesses oh God with these giants oh God with these pieces and traces and seeds of iniquity that have been planted in me oh god by reason of my birth or by reason of my bloodline the things that i look at and i know are too heavy for me the things that i cannot handle on my own holy spirit i pray that you will help me i ask that you will take over you will show me the path to salvation you will show me the path to victory in the name of jesus in jesus name we pray amen 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 Amen. so we're talking We're looking at um how you conduct yourself when you sit before the king. You know, um, there was a dream that P.I. shared um, that she had a while ago um, about for those of us that have not heard about it she was in her house and there was a table that she had set for herself so this table had all the fantastic things of life you know it was a very colorful rich table it had all the food and she was hosting friends so it had imagine you're hosting you know for someone who likes to host you bring out all your fine china where you bring out all your nice wine glasses you bring out you know everything you know just all the food, there's a spread, very colorful, fantastic looking table, there's small chops on one corner, you know, like all things lovely, basically. And um, her friends were there ready to eat with her. And she said, as she was about to, the Lord, she heard the Lord saying, the Lord called her into another room. And just on the corner, it wasn't too far from the table she had set for herself. She entered another room in her house. And when she entered that other room, she saw a table. And this was a different kind of table. It was a table that had been set, but it wasn't a table that looked as rich or as, you know, fantastic as that other table you know and she was like mm, okay what's going on here the table i used my own hands to set for myself that one was better you know and she walked into the room and she saw jesus and jesus said to her don't eat with them and she was like ah, what's going on you know and he began to tell her that the confluence of food and prayer is the place of um, um the place where intimate relationships are birth i'm not getting the exact words but basically God was during her where food and prayer meets the place where you eat and the place where you speak the place where you interact and the place where you feed yourself it is the place where intimate relationships are birth you know and God started taking her on a journey of consecration you know and she's like okay what's going on and the Lord was calling her up in the season where he was telling her to stay away from certain things and it wasn't necessarily things on the outside it was things that were on the inside of her so in the seasons where God is calling you to arise in your consecration it is because there is something he wants to release over you every time the lord calls you and tells you stay away from this stay away from that on the outside and in the physical it may seem like he's restraining you but what's happening in the spirit is that you are growing you are becoming bigger in fact the lord wants you to to become a giant because what makes a giant is the mix of DNA, the mix of the DNA of the divine and the DNA of the human. And that is why the enemy came for the daughters of men. And he tried to pervert what he knew God was going to do. He sent the fallen angels to go and um, um, have children or take the daughters of men as their wives so that their DNAs can mix and he can pervert the will and the agenda of God. So every time God is calling you, to a place of consecration is because there is something ahead of you there is a land there is a possession there is a future there is you know an inheritance that is ahead of you if we look through scriptures we see that when joshua was leading the children of israel to the promised land when they got to gilgal what happened got to them that they should take out time and consecrate themselves so these were grown men and grow, you know, grown people that had to spend time in that valley consecrating their, sorry, circumcising themselves. And circumcision is in line with taking the knife and putting it to your throat because circumcision is never easy. In fact, circumcision is easier if someone else is doing it for you. You can even have somebody to shout at or you can have somebody to vent at. But the hardest ones and the hardest consecrations are the ones that you decide by yourself or you arrive at the point where you have to carry out that surgery for yourself and by yourself so the lord is always saying circumcise what does circumcision look like it looks like taking a blade and peeling off the foreskin and in this context you are removing the foreskin of the flesh if we also look in scriptures people that um, were supposed to live a particular kind of life Um, for instance look at samson Samson, when, when they gave birth to him, the consecration and the circumcision for his life was released like the Ten Commandments. And they said this one, he won't cut his hair, he will not drink strong drink, you know, but he now got to a point where he now started indulging in a person who had totally different belief systems, did not believe in the God that he had, did not believe in the standards he, that he upheld, but he was interacting with her. The person that he was sent her lineage basically was a lineage that he was supposed to take out the people that she represented and the God that they served was not you know the same God as his So, so she was an enemy but he was indulging her in counsel in conversation and in eating and drinking so he would go and sit at the table of Delilah and every time he sat at the table of Delilah I'm sure when he got up each day to tell himself ah Okay, if he wants to do a quick black and white check, as we always do in life, did the Bible say, did the Bible not say, where is it written? Show me where. But are you giving room to the Holy Spirit to minister to you and to convict you? Remember, we've talked about conviction. The men of faith that we celebrate in the book of Hebrews were men that were given to a life of conviction. So if you are going to follow the Spirit, you cannot limit him to the letter. It is important that you respect and you honor the text, but do not limit the spirit to the box of the text allow him to move freely in you so that thing that we do as christians where we are constantly checking okay the bible says okay i'm good to go what you're telling the, the holy spirit is please i'm just going to do the bare minimum so we see how samson truncated his destiny basically by sitting at the table of a person he had no business sitting with it started with him losing his mind. He was sitting down and eating and drinking with her. And the next thing, before he knew it, one day he spilled out what he wasn't supposed to. And we know how the story of Samson ended. This morning, I want us to pray for ourselves. That if there be any table that we have sat on, if there be any conversation that we have engaged to the point that our hair, our glory has been cut off and now they are coming for our sight. Or maybe they have even taken our sight away from us and we do not realize we are still engaging in the realm of the flesh and we do not see what has been lost and what has been aborted and what has been compromised. Father, in the name of Jesus, this morning, I want you to cry out for the mercy of God. I want you to cry out for the mercy of God. Pray that the mercy of God will redeem you. Pray that the mercy of God will overturn any kind of rule or any kind of judgment that has been passed over you or your generation by reason of the posture that you have taken on. Pray that the Lord will forgive you and ask that the Lord will cause you to even retrace your steps. Ask the Lord to call you back to the path of repentance because you see this thing we are talking about. It is what is killing a lot of believers. It is why a lot of people have the likeness of godliness on the outside but yet denying the power of godliness because they have not been able to overcome that which is on the inside you must have the resemblance of god on the inside and what the resemblance of god on the inside looks like means you are submitting and surrendering yourself to the circumcisions of the spirits that you must take first from the inside before it shows forth on the outside our lord and our god we repent this morning father we repent oh god over the things that we have taken for granted, over the instructions that we have not allowed you to give to us, over the times, oh God, that we have closed our ears even before you spoke a word, over the times that we have resisted you and made it hard for you to correct us or lead us in the path of righteousness. Oh, Father, this morning we repent, oh God. If we are talking about power and we are talking about authority, Father, we thank you because you are showing us that first we must have power and authority over our own lives. We must first establish our personal government, the government that mirrors the government of God, that is not countering the government of God, but submits and surrenders to the government of the Spirit. Father, this morning we pray, Lord, that you will reorder our steps, oh God, realign our thought process, oh God, in the name of Jesus, any kind of of evil doctrine, any kind of worldly doctrine, oh God, that has had its way and built systems and built monuments and built standards in our hearts, in our minds and in our lives. Lord God, this morning we pray for an uprooting by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, oh our Lord and our God, we will not continue to be rebellious people, oh God. Father, we will not walk in rebellion, Lord, to your desires. It is one thing for us to rebel against your word, but it's another thing for us to re- rebel against your desire. Father, let us not even be at that point, Lord. Once we sense that something is off, once we sense that we are taking the wrong course, cause us to be quick to arrive on our knees, Lord. Father, and retrace our steps by the leading of your Spirit in the name of Jesus. We do not want to be men and women that are too strong for the move of the Spirit. We do not want to be men and women that are too strong that we cannot hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us, per time and per season. And so, Baba, we ask. This morning, that you will help us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Any way that we have drank, oh God, at the table of Delilahs. Father, we pray that this morning, yeah, you will even begin to open our eyes to see the Delilahs that are at work, Lord, and represented in our lives today, in the mighty name of Jesus. The things that feed our flesh will kill our spirits, our Lord and our God, things that satisfy our flesh, Lord but starve our destiny Lord God we pray that you will open our eyes to see it oh God in the name of Jesus indeed lord show us how to take a knife lord the knife of your word the sword of the spirit and place it at the gates of our lives in the mighty name of Jesus yes lord show us how to turn that sword inward lord to face the giants of iniquity that exist in us oh God in the name of Jesus so that our seed will not become In the name of Jesus, so that our children will not be bullied by these same giants. In the name of Jesus, so that our generations, Lord, will not be fertilized, Lord, with the evil of these giants. In the name of Jesus, Father, we pray over our lives this morning. We pray, O God, that your light will redeem us. We pray, O God, that your light will redirect us, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. Nevrondo sukare bazan de krunda bazante kerebo sunamakai, reda bazan de brondo sunabacarebo sunabacerebo sunamakaya, radabosondo brondo sunamakerebo shan de crendo sunamande kerebo sunamakaya, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. <laughs> amen we have to become men and women that are no longer doing the bare minimum we have to become men and women that go beyond what it is that was dictated for us by the fathers to entering our own places of personal consecration because you see for something it may have been dictated for him at birth but we see men like Daniel who proposed in their hearts that they would not defile themselves I don't know that anybody told Daniel when he I, I don't The Bible doesn't tell us of, you know, just like it tells us about something that this was what was said concerning him. But we see a person that was intentional about how he wanted to preserve himself because he knew what was at stake. Um, So we see that even in the midst of conversations and consecrations, there is also another factor. And that's the factor of our choice. That is why God is God. People often say, oh, if God is God, why did he not make me do this? Why did he not make me do that? That shows us the graciousness of who God is. He does not take away your power to make choices. He doesn't take away your willpower from you because he has created you in his image and likeness. And what makes him God, one of the things that makes him God is his ability to choose. And that was what he placed inside of us. So he graciously gave to us that same thing, Believing that we will arrive at the place where he is and we are able to choose like him. And so you see that in the midst of consecrations, conversations, and all of these other factors in life, God always says to us, I have placed before you many options. We talked about the doors of opportunity and you know, different doors and different things that may be handed to us or open before us in different times and different seasons. But the question we hardly ask ourselves is is this the will of God? So every time something is placed before you, first of all, you must know that there is always a table that is placed before you. There's always a table. And at every table, conversations are happening. What is the conversation that is happening around your life? Some people are sitting at tables. They do not even realize that they're sitting at tables. Some people are sitting in places of authority, places where they can Um, um, where they have opportunities to bring out more from themselves and to give more and to represent their future and to liberate a nation but because they are not aware of the table that is placed in front of them they do not know the rules of engagement that they can use to engage that table so the question is what table is placed before you and what choices are you making the lord will always like like we said show you these are the two these are the options these are the many options but what choice are you making and he will lead you in the path of life just the way he said to them in the garden he said of all the trees in the garden all the tables this one do not eat of it because it was not time it's not that god did not want them to eat of the tree it was that the timing was not right they were still going to eat of it eventually but it was not yet the set time. So them going to reach for something at a time that the Lord did not ordain caused, as we can see, the great fall of humanity. So your choices, what are your choices? Choices will help you realize that even though the Bible says, do not kill, do not steal, do not drink, or do not covet your neighbor's wife. I also want more. I'm going to choose I'm going to choose what I am adding to my own plate. I'm going to choose. I'm going to make my own decisions and decide the kind of person I want to be for the father. I'm going to decide the kind of things that I allow. I'm going to decide the kind of conversations that I sit at I'm going to decide the kind of friendships that I keep decisions and choices you must be a person that makes up their mind you must be a person that stands for something you must be a person that believes in something you must be a person that is grounded and is rooted in your convictions you cannot live your life to chance you must always realize that you have a choice to make you have a choice to make and we like We said, we see how Daniel made his choices, made his choices even before he arrived to stand before the king. And it was in that making of his choice that the Lord began to bless him. Actually, the Bible says that in that first um, chapter of Daniel, it says that God blessed them and then God released over Daniel the ability. So it was from that choice that he made that God was like, you, there's no dream or there's no vision that will ever be spoken by any man that you will not have the key to unlock. And so remember that even in the days that the king said, I've had this dream and he was about to share the dream. He said, in fact, I'm not going to tell you the dream. I want you to tell me the dream that I had and I want you to interpret the dream for me. Even the magicians and the sorcerers they are like, "This, this guy is trying to kill all of us before our time. If you don't tell us the dream, how are we going to translate it or interpret it for you? But then there was a man called Daniel, a man that had made his choices long before the king started having any kinds of dreams and the spirit of god had already prepared him and equipped him for that day to not just save himself even the magicians and the sorcerers he saved them so much so that he arrived at the point where the king said you are greater. He said you are, he ranked him at the same place that he ranked his gods. And he said that all my magicians and all my sorcerers, they will submit and surrender themselves to you. I want you to pray this morning that the Lord will show you the power that you have. Remember, exousia power is the, is one is that power that shows us that we have choice it shows us that we have the ability to choose i want you to pray over yourself with that understanding this morning that you will not neglect your your power of choice you will not neglect the place where you are able to make decisions that the lord will help you to make godly decisions as he floods and fills your heart and fills your life with the light of his word with the truth of his word you will continue to make godly decisions in the name of jesus In the day that a generation cannot decide whether they are hot or cold, whether they are going left or right, where they are easily tossed aside by winds of doctrine, you will be able to stand with your eyes fixed on the Lord. You will be able to stand and say, just like the Hebrew boys, that you are not careful to answer any kings in any matter because you know the God that you serve and you know the kingdom from where you come. You will become one that is strong in decisions, strong in understanding, strong in convictions, In the mighty name of Jesus, strong in perspective, strong in sight, in the mighty name of Jesus, strong in consecrations, strong in consecrations, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. So you see the thing about consecrations is that the general consecrations are given so that you can function in the body you know, so that you can do the bare minimum. But the personal consecrations are the ones that bring you close to the heart of the Father, the personal consecrations. And those are the ones that really matter. So when they say, let's go on a fast, some people are still asking, should we break by six? Should we not break by six? I'm not the Holy Spirit. We've said, let's go on a fast. Maybe you should decide that you want to go on a dry fast. Maybe you should decide that, you know what, added to this first, because we're not just looking at the things that we are taking away from ourselves, we're looking at the things that we should add. Add it to this first. I'm going to stay away from this um, application. I'm going to do this better. I'm going to be more diligent. I'm going to be a better person to my staff. I'm going to spend more time studying and filling myself up with the word of god i'm going to spend more time improving the things that i'm already doing i'm going to spend more time investing in myself and not just doing the religious thing waiting for black and white i pray that god would take us away from that place of black and white you know because black and white when i say black and white what i mean is always checking to know what is acceptable and what is not acceptable always looking to tick a box so that you can justify certain behaviors and justify certain characters and justify certain weaknesses. That's what we've been doing. That's what the church has been doing for so long. That's why we are lagging behind. And right now we're trying to play catch up. The truth is that you cannot mock God. The Bible tells us God cannot be mocked. Whatever a man sows is what he will reap. If you are sowing in carnality and you are following God with sense you are going to keep reaping things like that and you'll be wondering why you are not moving forward it's because you are still doing the black and white thing with God you're still checking you're still being careful you're still operating from a place of self-preservation you do not want to fully invest you do not want to fully give yourself to the Lord or fully give yourself to anything that the Lord says that you should do but we cannot be those people anymore if we must arise to be the ones that are going to slay goliath and are going to behead him and are going to take him out and execute him and his seed and his lineage and his generations then we must take out whatever it is that mirrors him in our lives i pray that the lord will give us understanding in the mighty name of jesus amen and so now i'm just going to move to esther the book of esther Talking about sitting before the table of uh, sitting at the table of the king, it says, Be careful, um, consider diligently what is placed before thee. And it's very interesting that Esther was actually, I would say, recruited to be a queen, you know. But even in her being a queen, there were still limitations to her queenship, in quotes, you know, because. Yes, she was a queen, but remember when Mordecai sent that word and told her, look, this is what Haman is planning and such and such and such. She said, ah, I hear what you're saying, you know, but I cannot go and stand before the king. So there were still limitations, you know. Um, I can't go and stand before him if he does not send for me. Anybody that does that is going to die. Anybody that makes that kind of decision to stand before the king when he doesn't call for them. It doesn't end well for them, basically. So I'm sorry, I feel bad for, you know, the nations and I feel bad for all of these things, but I cannot come and go and kill myself. Basically, that's what Esther said to him. And then Monica heard what she said. Guess what? He wasn't afraid to actually speak back to her. We must be able to talk to the people that God has given us the, would I say, cause cause to be accountable to us. I find that a lot of times people do not want to have the hard conversations. People do not want to confront certain mountains. People do not want to be seen as the bad people. You will hear them saying, please, I beg, I'm not the one. If If they don't know, then I'm not going to ask them. Nobody wants to have the hard conversation, the hard, awkward conversations, you know, because you are still trying to self preserve. You don't want to be seen as the bad person. You don't want to be seen as the person that is doing so much, but Mordecai wasted no time. He said, hey, come, come, help me tell her. Sister Esther, in case you've forgotten, (laughs) maybe perhaps you were sent and positioned in the palace for such a time as this and make no mistakes. You may be preserved today. You may be all right. But remember, the giants that you do not come for is going to come for your children. And God will always make sure his work is done. God will always send a liberator. God will always send salvation. And he will send it from someone else. The thing is, many times we become emotional and we drag our feet when the Lord asks us to do something. Let's talk about obedience and obeying God at the right time. We can say, oh, God, I'm going to get to it. Oh, God has been telling me about this fantastic. In fact, as I'm saying it, there's something I'm remembering that I'm supposed to do. Lord, have mercy. The Lord will be telling you to do something and you'll say, oh, okay, you know, I'm just going to take my time. I'm just going to see in this life, the fast will always rule the slow. Haven't you realized that thing they call first movers advantage if you even look at In the secular context, people that start doing certain businesses before others, it is high risk. Well, guess what? If that business does well, you become a touch bearer, you become a pace setter. The rewards of taking risk when it is successful or whether it's not successful, the rewards of taking risk are much better than not taking it. any risk at all so god will tell you go and do this thing that you will drag your feet you will take your sweet time you are waiting for yourself to be ready ready is not a place you arrive at you are never the truth is you are never ready if you follow the feelings of life you will never be ready you will never feel like the day is the right day. but you have to arise and go out there and do the things that god is asking you to do you hear people saying things like oh i just wasn't feeling inspired i realize that inspiration is not a thing It is not something that is sitting somewhere that comes to look for you. Inspiration is what you make of it. So if the Lord is giving you an instruction, you pray to be inspired. You start, remember, we take our battles from the spirit. We take our battle from the throne room of God. So you start with the spirit and then you can arrive at the place in the physical where you now have clear-cut directions and you have received the energy and the might to do the things that the Lord is asking you to do. So Mordecai was saying, don't think that you are going to be exempted you may feel alright you may leave this earth and maybe nothing will ever happen to you but the lord is going to make sure that salvation comes for a nation and hey, you may just not be included in god's in, in that plan you know just look at what happened with Saul and um, mephibosheth You see um this was someone that didn't you know he was just concerned about himself and we see how his grandchild his seed now suffered but the mercy of God found him there are certain things that we would not even need mercy for if we actually obeyed so don't wait for the place where you are begging for mercy when in the day that the Lord is asking you to do something you can actually arise and do it and you reap the rewards of obedience instead of waiting for the restoration of mercy I pray that the Lord will cause us to be swift in obeying and in doing his will, in the mighty name of Jesus. We will no longer be sluggish, spiritually and physically. We will no longer be slow, to respond to the call and the instructions and the leading of God, that each and every one of us, we will be quickened by the strength and by the help of the Holy Spirit today. Everything that has been pending, I want you to pray. Everything that you have left behind, all the things that you have abandoned, all the things that the Lord has said to you that has fallen on deaf ears, Pray that this morning, the Lord will cause you to pick them up again. And even as he releases the grace and the ability and the, um, equipping for you to run even in this season to um um, overcome and to gather all the things and to you know work in the restoration of the things that you missed out on previous seasons you will not miss another season of grace in the mighty name of jesus father we thank you for the door of your grace that has been opened unto us we know that grace has been released because this council has met us in this day our lord and our god we pray lord that we will not abuse your grace in the name of jesus we will not miss use your grace in the mighty name of Jesus. We will not throw your grace aside in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will show us, Lord, how to take your grace and how to apply it, Lord, in the areas and aspects of our lives, Lord, where it is needed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, make us men and children of obedience, Lord. Show us, Lord, that disobedience, Lord, is a spirit of rebellion, Lord, and it is the spirit of witchcraft. Father, Because the spirit of the living God, the life-giving spirit lives in us. Therefore, we do not respond in rebellion to your word and to your instruction and your intentions for our lives. Father, we pray this morning, oh God, that you will cause us to become, Lord, men and women of obedience, obedience to the, the, the government and to the rule and to the instructions of the King of Kings in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So he sent the word to Esther and he told her that don't be fooled, do what you must do. Um, But, you know, um, basically God has a plan. It's either you are on the Lord's side or you are not. And so Esther responded and said, okay, I'm going to go on a fast and I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to take this fast and I'm going to present my case before the Lord. So we see her addressing it in the spirit again. Also Daniel that we talked about, Daniel addressed, you know, the matter in the spirit, even though in verse one, um, chapter one, God had already said that he had released his spirit to cause him to discern and understand and interpret dreams. When he was faced with that um, challenge again by the king to tell and to interpret the dream, Daniel still went back to God and he prayed. So here we see Esther again. She didn't start responding in fear, getting agitated. You know, she took it to the spirits and she spent three days praying, fasting, not just her, but her and her whole household. They consecrated themselves unto the Lord. Now, after that had happened, um, Then she went and stood before the king. And when she stood before the king, she received favor before the king. Interestingly, when she stood before the king, what did the king say to her? After she had found favor, he said, tell me what you want. We're talking about sitting at the table of the king. Tell me what you want and I will give it to you. Another place where we see a king saying to a man, tell me what you want, is when Solomon came before the Lord. After he had sacrificed, um, given the bond offering, Unto the Lord. After he made that sacrifice, the Bible says that a sweet smell was released and went up to heaven, and it pleased the Lord. His sacrifice pleased the Lord, and the Lord came before him, and he said to him, "Tell me what you want." So, if a king comes before you now and says to you, "Tell me what you want," what are you going to say? Last week, interestingly, you know, it was a question I asked: if Jesus Christ should come on this Zoom call tomorrow and says, "Hey guys, you've been praying for eleven days." you know so tell me one thing you want what are you going to say are you going to represent only yourself and your instance and your immediate needs or are you going to speak for a generation do you even know how to speak for a generation do you know the things that you should ask for when a king places a table before you so we see how Esther went from just being limited to she's only present when the king calls for her so she went from being relevant in in only the bedroom to being relevant in the boardroom. You know, we see how um, through her prayer and fasting and the right counsel, the Bible tells us that she came before the king. Um, She had the, prepared the banquet for him and Haman. And and the, the king said, tell me what you want. And she invited him again. And the Bible tells us that when she invited him again for another banquet, what did she do? She went back and spoke with the eunuch and asked what she should ask for. Many times when we have these opportunities, the question is also, who are the people in our circles that you can go back to and say, hey, this fantastic thing happened. I had, you know, this conversation with so-and-so person. This is what I'm thinking about doing. Who are your consultants? Who are the people in your immediate circle? Who are the people in your circle and your sphere of influence that you can actually sit down and have conversations with and can guide you. A lot of us have misused our access and misused and abused the relationships that God has given to us. And now in the day where you stand before the King, you don't have access to the right counsel. You'll be surrounded with people that are only interested in their own personal needs and wants and they'll say, ah, please tell him you want this, tell him you want that, tell him you want all of these things just so that you can satisfy them, satisfy yourself. And after that day of satisfying the flesh, it all ends there. The question is, who are the counselors? The the earthly counselors, the human counselors that God has given to you. If there's any relationship that you know that you have, um, you have you know cut off, and the Lord has been highlighting to you in this season. Remember, we are people of quick obedience. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. If it is still hard for you, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Many times when I need to have difficult conversations, that honestly. I'm not ready to have. I go to the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, please start the conversation for me. It's not hard for me to have a conversation, but maybe to start it sometimes is hard. And I pray about it. Then I pray about the person, and I give everything and surrender everything to the Holy Spirit. And before you know it, just like that, it's easy. He breaks the ice. So Esther had that counsel, and then she went back before the king. But where this story is going and where it's going to end is that Haman had a plan, and Haman's plan was to um, annihilate the children, to annihilate the Jews, and he wanted to take them out. The reason why I was I I laid emphasis on Esther standing before the king and him asking her, "What do you want?" Um, is because, like I said, the king would always ask you what you want. And what, what you tell him that you want is a reflection of the things that are happening inside you. So we see Solomon. Solomon did not ask for riches or ask for wisdom, as we think. What Solomon actually asked for was discernment. He said, give me a heart to be able to rule um, and govern the people that you have placed um, in, in my care or rather placed, uh, me over because I would, he was a young king, you know, and he was the son of David for crying out loud. So imagine being the child of David, all those great and mighty exploits that David did for God. How was he going to fit in? You know, I'm sure he looked at himself and he's just like, it's not possible. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And so what he was asking the Lord for was something that was after the heart of the Lord. He was asking for a heart for the people. He was asking for how to rule, God's people the right way. And the Lord said, this thing that you have asked me for has pleased me. So it's not just his sacrifice that pleased God. It wasn't just his prayer and fasting that pleased God. It was that he was representing a generation. And God said, this thing you have asked for, it has pleased me. So I wouldn't just give you this. I will give you even what you need to know. I will make sure that you are rich. I will make sure you are influential. I will bless you with wisdom above all men. God then gave him, added to him, that's which he didn't even ask for. So here in the case of Esther, the, the same thing, she's standing before the king. But interestingly, another person that we see in scripture that stood before the king and the king said, tell me what you want up until half of my kingdom and I will give to you is Herodiah's daughter. She was represented and you see, it was the same thing that happened. After the king asked her what she wanted, she went back and sought the counsel of her mother and her mother told her, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So you see, there's always someone that is giving you advice or there is somewhere that your counsel is coming from that will influence the decisions that you are having at the tables that God is placing before you so Esther went had got the counsel and then she finally came and we see how the story ended um Haman was taken out but it wasn't just Haman that was taken out Haman had 10 sons with him that were also killed and remember We're talking about giants and how if you do not confront the giants and take out the giants, they will come for you and come for your seeds. So it wasn't only for Esther to remove Haman from office or to just give him small punishments. They killed him and they hung him and his whole generation, hung all of them on gallows. In fact, it's very interesting because the the 10 sons of Haman, if you look at the 10 names for the sons of Haman, they are all pointing towards one thing. They're pointing towards self. The, the 10 names mean 10 different things. One is curious self. The other one, weeping self, which means self-pity. The, the other one, as asparta, assembled self or self-sufficient. Poratha, generous self or self-indulgent. Adalia means weak self or more likely humble self. So basically false humility. Aridatha means strong self or self-assertive pride. Pamashta means uh, preeminent self or self-ambition, easily puffed, off, puffed up, always looking to, you know, um, just acquire more things for yourself, just always having your own agenda, leaving no room for the Spirit of God. Um, Arisai means bold self, elevated self. Aridaya means dignified or superior self. So you know that thing about superiority complex, thinking that you're better than others. Um, and the last one, visata means pure self or self righteous. Sorry, sorry. Oh, please mute your mic. Thank you. So we see these different, um, the different meanings of the the of uh, of the sons of Haman, and they are all pointing towards the flesh and pointing towards self. Remember, we are talking today about fitting the giants within, binding the strong man within. So the Haman that was taken out literally was still the giant of self, self ambition. If you even look at the story of Haman, Haman was there to propagate his own plan and his own agenda. When Esther called them to the banquet, he got excited and he was like, ah, finally this, you know, he had his own plans. His own was just that as I'm entering this palace, this is my agenda. These are the things I want for myself. It was all about self, 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 self. You cannot be a powerful person that is still so self-centered. You are only concerned about yourself. You are only concerned about your agenda. You are only concerned about your needs. And you see a lot of the times when you see people like that, that are greedy and self-centered is because they are coming from, they are operating from a mentality of poverty because they are not. Not sh- you know, they're trying to gather for themselves so much because they are operating and thinking from a place of lack. Remember that Christ Jesus has given you all the blessings and all the riches of his kingdom, of his inheritance. So you cannot be in the kingdom of God and be operating from a mentality of selfishness and a poverty and a lack mentality. I want us to pray this morning as we round up as we have heard this word, that the Lord will show us the selfishness that still exists in us. The Lord will show us the things that still fight and contend and strive with his spirit. Every form of pride, every form of self-righteousness, every form of false humility that does not surrender to the government of god we pray this morning baba that the word of god which is the sword of the spirit will break off this foreskin of flesh from us in the mighty name of jesus father take us away from that place of self-preservation that place where we do not want to take risks in the kingdom that place where we do not even want to try or go anywhere you are sending us because we want to preserve ourselves. We want to preserve our identities. We want to preserve our inheritance. We want to preserve the little that we have. Our Lord and our God, open our eyes to see beyond the crumbs that we have been settling for. Open our eyes to see beyond the things that we have magnified, when in reality there is still so much more. Our Lord and our God, we know that with you all things are possible. There is nothing too hard for you. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, that you will carry out that surgery that Needs to happen, Lord, upon our hearts this morning. Lord, show us the consecrations that we must make in this season. Lord, show us the sacrifices that we must make in this season. Not the sacrifices that have been dictated to us, but the ones that we need for our own personal consecration so that we will move closer Lord to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do not want to stay in the outer courts anymore. We want to come into the Holy of Holies. We have stayed in the outer courts for too long. We have stayed interacting and being domestic for too long. We have stayed in the bedroom for too long. The place of rest, the place of ease. Just like Esther, Lord, today, we want to arise and we want to go into the courtroom of power, oh God. We want to sit at the table, Lord, of power, oh God, the table of government. We want to come into the courts of heaven when legislature is passed on, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, where your executive rule and order is passed on, our Lord and our God, we ask and pray that you will inform our decisions, Lord. So many of us may not even know what is at stake. So many of us don't even know what to ask for when we are placed or where we stand before the King because we cannot see beyond our immediate environment. But our Father, we ask and pray that you will stretch, oh God, the boundaries of our sight. You will take us beyond the limitation, Lord, of our domestic and immediate needs, oh God. You will give us a burden, Lord. It is the burden, oh God, that causes a person to be passionate, oh God, and to be concerned about the things that you are concerned about. And so, Father, this morning, we pray that you will bless us with your burden. You will bless us with your burden. You will bless us with your burden, O God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we do not want to be complacent, O God. Father, even if everything in our life seems to be going right, Lord, we know that there is so much more. We reach for the more in you this morning, my God. In the mighty name of Jesus, O Spirit of the living God, help us this morning. Help us, O God. And Father, when you release that burden over us, just like you released the body in Lord and you gave it to Nehemiah Lord and his life was not the same, that he stood before the king and he was able, to ask lord for an inheritance for his people he was able to represent a generation and a people oh god according to your will and according to your timing our lord and our god we pray that you will help us lord and you will shift us lord from just bearing the cup lord to becoming the people that bear the burden that bear the burden make us burden bearers this morning in the name of jesus every way that haman has been represented in our lives oh God and his sons and his seed this morning father by reason of your burden you are taking out Lord you are executing and you are beheading every Haman and all of his sons every form of self is being stripped off of us this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Lord God we thank you we thank you oh God for the operation you have done for us this morning the operation in our hearts the operation in our sight oh God father we thank you Because you are restoring us, Lord, to full alignment with you, to the glory and to the praise of your name and the establishment of your kingdom. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Um, I want us to take note of everything the Lord is saying to us this season consecration you cannot separate consecration from power you cannot because we cannot talk about power without talking about consecration so for some of us as we leave this call god is going to start telling you the things you need to stop doing and now you have perspective and you understand why it's not because he doesn't like pleasure it's not because he's trying to restrain you it's because he's trying to cause you to arise in stature so that you can overcome certain things. So that really when you stand before the king, you are not given to that appetite anymore. You have killed it. So it cannot take your attention and it cannot take your loss. What you are looking for is the king, the, the will of the king, the heart of the king. That is what you are going there to do. I pray that the Lord will help us, give us understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Before I forget, please, we have our prayer rally. Ri- we have another prayer rally on Friday. So we're going to be praying for 24 hours. Once prayer is done on Friday, we'll pray up until the final day of prayer, ring, which is Saturday. So that information will be shared on the groups, I believe, today. So please look out for that and have a fantastic day. Thank you all. Thank you. Um, bye. Thank you, Pastor. Thank, you, Pastor. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you.